are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 1 Samuel chapter 25. Somebody said if you believe God's dead, I said, uh, read First and Second Samuel. Well, I'm glad he's not even feeling bad. Praise God. Say amen right there. He's still doing all right. Everything's all right in my father's house tonight. You don't have to worry about that, children. It may be kind of, you know, fussy in some of the Baptist churches, but up in my father's house, it's unity. Amen. And everything's all right in my father's house. What a blessing it is to know that tonight. In the life of David, there were several men that uh, gave him trouble and several befriended him. And several that he could count on and several he couldn't count on. The Bible speaks of David's mighty men. And brother, every preacher needs some mighty men. I believe that. Boy, mighty men. We need some men, not since it's men. That's God not cared men. And the Bible talks about the mighty men of David. He had some he could count on. Was willing to die for him. Willing to do anything in the world. But also in his kingdom and in that time, there's a man named Nabal. And there are 37 verses in the Bible about this man. And I want you to stand with me, and I'm going to read about him from 1 Samuel chapter 25. And because of time, I'll read verse 17, and then I'll read verse 36 through verse 38, and bring you the message about the man that wouldn't listen. Now, brother, that's the sad thing, when a man won't listen. I mean, when a man hears God, then turns a deaf ear. When a man says, God, you can talk all you want to, I'll not hear you. I tell you, I like to hear God speak. Holy light. You know, uh, the Bible said Moses is out there and God spoke to him. Elijah was out there. God spoke to him. And these men heard him and answered. And brother, God speaks to us tonight through this word. Now you say, oh, I believe he speaks audibly. I don't believe that tonight. I don't believe that. I believe God speaks through the word and through the spirit. I don't believe that's the only way that God speaks. But here's a man named David. He gave David a lot of trouble, and he lived a miserable life. Now, that's awful. Folks, you don't have to live miserable. That's God, you can live happy. I tell you, these folks run around here and say they're saved and look like morbid and bless God undertaker. Something wrong there, bless God. Amen, brother. I want to tell you there's something living for God that's uh, wonderful. And joy unspeakable. Look at verse 17. Uh, Now therefore know and consider what thou will do. For evil is determined against our master. Of course this is about David. And against all of his household. For he is the such of a son of Belial. Now you know in the the Bible that Satan. Now talking about this man Nabal. He is called the son of Belial. That a man cannot speak to him. He was such a son of Satan. I mean, so turned away from God that nobody could talk to him about God. Now, boy, it's bad shape to get in. But a man can't tell you about God, about eternity. It's bad. Look at verse, if you will, verse 36, and I'll read down. It speaks about Nabal's wife and speaks about his death. But look at what the Scripture says. And Abigail uh, came to Nabal, and behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him, for he was a very drunken. Wherefore, she could not, uh, she told him nothing, less or more, until the morning light. But he came to pass in the morning, when the wine was gone out of Nabal, and his wife had told him these things, that his heart died within him. 
I know something, brother. You're in bad shape. I mean, the Bible said his wife told him the thing. Said his heart died. I died with it. He noticed the second thing it said. And he became as a stone, S-T-O-N-E. I'm not only something life's first about him. And he came to pass about ten days after. After what? After his heart died within him. And after he started turning into stone, that the Lord smote Nabal, and he died. God killed him. God got him out of his misery. Brother, I want to say this to you tonight. Your life is in the hand of God. Oh, the Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away, Job said. You remember that. I'm glad my life's in his hand. I'm glad I look to him from my moving and my being. Praise God, every time I take a step, I need him. Every time I breathe, I need him. Well, it's to me every morning, I need him. Every night, I need him. What a blessing that is. Would you be seated all over the house and would you bow your head for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you tonight for every blessing you bless us with. Oh, God, you're, you're so wonderful and your grace is so abounding. And praise God, your compassion is to us word and I'm glad your love has been extended and I'm glad tonight that your spirit is moving in our midst and I pray tonight as we come to preach about this man they wouldn't listen oh God that our hearts will be stirred and may this be an unusual time I pray for that mother that may not be right with God I pray for that dad that's here tonight and oh God over and over again the word's been preached but he hadn't heeded and he hadn't heard the word of God. Lord God, I pray that every boy and every girl likewise shall listen as they wish they had to listen when they stand before a holy God and will praise him because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, I want to speak about one of the saddest of all the stories in the Bible. Now, most of the Bible, brother, when you read about it, it's a happy book because it tells about God and what God wants to do for his people. And when I get to reading about God and his people, it blesses me. I want you to know when you read about how God gave and God takes away, you think about Nabal here. There are three things about this man that made his life so sad. And this is introduction writing down. My friend, he hated God's anointed. I want you to know I love God's man. You let a man preach the word of God. I love that man. Now these modernists and these hypocrites, oh listen, and these apostates, I have no time for them but a man that stands between the living and the dead, praise God, the man that laid lips don't you know they don't take time to be holy and think all to the Lord. It takes time to pray. It takes time to study this word. It takes time to worship God. It takes time to serve God. I don't know of anything better than the holy things of God. You know one reason I know I'm saved. I love this book. Praise God. I love God's man. I love the house of God. I love the things of the Lord. They're precious to me when a man's saved. I'll tell you, God will give him a happy time for the holy things of God. And when you've got to cram and work with people to love God, that's something wrong somewhere. I love him tonight. But here's a man that had no time for the holy things. 
church. And the third thing about him, he heeded not the message. Oh, David sent him word. The soldier came to him. The servant came to him. And finally his precious wife, Abigail, brought him a message from the king. And he said, oh, listen to me. He said, I want to tell you, I'll heed it not. And he, David said, well, I'll let you go in peace. And he said, but I'll not heed it. And what a sad thing that is. I tell you, Chattanooga, Tennessee has had more preaching in any town for each in America. And they've heard the glory story of the gospel of the grace of God. Wouldn't it be awful to be born in Africa where the name of Jesus had never been heard? Wouldn't it be awful to be born in a land where you couldn't get a Bible and you couldn't hear a church bell and you couldn't go to the house of God? I want to tell you, it'd be a terrible thing. But when he talked about Nabal, he hated God's anointed. Oh, he listened to me. Had no time for the things of God. And the third thing, my friend, you'll find that he was too busy to heed the message of God. But there are five keys that I've found that unlock the story, the sad story, the miserable life of this man Nabal. And they start with W. Would you write them down tonight? The first thing, his will would not bend. Nobody could reason with him. Oh, isn't that sad? He made up his mind, it's my way. There's no way. A lot of people, you know, they like to go to these hamburger joints where it said, have it your way. And the reason church members, bless God, don't want the preacher to get in here and preach this word. They want to have it their way. And it says, I will be done. But bless God, you'll never be blessed until your will's broken. His will was never broken. I want to tell you it's a blessing when that old stubborn will, that old rebellious will, oh, it's broken and you fall down and humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. But Nabal's will was never broken. It never would be in that. He said, it's for me. I'll do it the way I please. You remember the fall of Satan or Lucifer? He said, I will. It was his will. Isaiah 28. Oh, yes, or Ezekiel 28. Isaiah 14. You remember the prodigal son? He went down in the far country. He didn't start home till God broke his will. But I'm glad when God broke that will, he said, I will arise. I will go to my father and I'll say I've sinned against heaven and against thee. And am no more word did it be called thy servant or thy son make me as a servant. So a man's will has got to be broken. And then a Christian's will has got to be broken. Brother, you say I'll do it to it. I'll count. Oh, no, sir. When Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed not my will. Thy will be done. Oh, happy day when a man comes to that place that he wants God's will. A preacher that wants his will. A deacon that wants his will. Oh, brother, he's going to get in trouble. Just as sure as your name's what it is. I remember when God spoke to my heart about moving to Atlanta. I said, no, God, I don't like Georgia. I said, I was born in North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel. I'll have tar on my heels when I die. And I'm not moving to Georgia. That's all there is to it. But little by little, I took and bit my will and finally broke it. And I looked up and said, I will. I will 
do the will of God. It's sad when people have a stubborn will. And here's a man that said, I, I, I will not. Oh, you go tell David, I have nothing for him. His will was never broken. I remember, my wife will tell you this. I was over in this Hunter, Tennessee. In fact, I go to that church even now. 30 years ago. Are you listening? I had a tent. In fact, I bought J. Harold Smith's tent. had a tremendous big tent. I had the finest organ you could buy. I had a fine grand piano in that tent. And he was speaking in the morning, and I was preaching at night. And there's sitting the five preachers in the tri-cities of Kingsport and Johnson City and Bristol that had come in for that big tent. But I went up there, and the Holy Ghost kept saying, you're going to move to Atlanta. And I said, not me. Bless God, I'll go to Africa, China, but I ain't moving. Moving there. And I told the Lord, I wasn't moving. One day, Brother Seidler and I started to the radio station WETB. And as we started the radio station, a tornado came through there, blew that tent to smithereens, turned that organ upside down, blew that tent away. And when I got back, it was destroyed and abolished. And I walked under that old tent, and guess what I saw? In the rubbish, in the rain, I saw three songbooks had been scattered. They were open. I passed the first one, and here's what I read. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Oh, I said, glory to God. Lord, I'm going to let you have your way now. I'm going to let you have your way. I walked on up, and then I read these words. Oh, when I looked down, and I saw through many dangers, toils, and snares, we've already come. I said, yeah, we have, Lord. And I'm headed out for Atlanta, Georgia. And I called my wife, and I said, Doctor, she said, are you ready to move? I said, ready. Bless God, I can't wait till I get in the will of God. Let me say to you, Nabal, oh, his will was never broken. And it's sad. The second thing, his wealth didn't satisfy his soul. A lot of people think that there's their wealth will satisfy them. In verse 2, the Bible said he was a great man. It said he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats. And the Scripture talks about his prosperity. And I'm glad that God blesses people. But I want to tell you that money's not everything. I'd rather have a good old-fashioned revival than all the money in this world. I'd rather feel his presence and know his goodness than to have it all, brother. It's a blessing. Listen to me. To know that which really satisfies. A lot of people tonight think the world can satisfy and you think that money can but Nabal found it couldn't satisfy him. Oh, he never had a satisfied mind. I'd rather have a satisfied mind than anything in this world. And then he never had a satisfied soul. I'm glad my soul is satisfied. Glory to God. I'm so glad. It's good to have a soul that's satisfied. And I never had a satisfied heart and a satisfied mind and a satisfied soul until I came to that place of repentance and I threw up the white flag and I said, bless God, I'm going with Him. And come what will and come what may. Brother, it's blessed. But there are a lot of people tonight and they think they can satisfy themselves with wealth and they think that money can buy happiness. You want me to tell you the most miserable people in the world, they got money but they don't have God. 
God. Oh, they got gold, but no God. I want to tell you, they have the pleasures of life, but they don't have the peace of God. And that's a sad thing in a sad state. There's a lot of people like Nabal, and they think, Mr., that wealth will satisfy, but it won't. I like to see people have nice things. I'm not against that. And God's blessed me. I never can't, I never been to church and told them, and God hadn't blessed me. Boy, I want to tell you something. I've heard preachers get up and say, I gave up so much and gave up so much wealth. Not me. All I gave up when God called me was my rags. Bless God. All I gave up was a troubled heart. Woo! Bless God. He picked me out of nothing and put me over into everything. And brother, what a blessing. I've been satisfied. But Nabal found out his will would not be him because the Bible said he wouldn't reason when they came to reason with him. Secondly, found that his wealth wouldn't satisfy. But number three, the keenest life, his wife didn't fail him. Boy, he had one thing discredited. Now, I want to tell you, if you've got a Christian home tonight, you better thank God that Jesus lives at your house. Oh, you better thank God that your wife fears God, that your children fear God. That's the best thing that I know tonight. And here's a woman named Abigail. In fact, after God killed Abel, she married David. We're not going to, but I want to show you something. Boy, she's true to him. Oh, she knew he wasn't right. But she is true. She didn't turn her back on him. I want you to know he had a faithful wife. He had a help meet. He didn't have a Jezebel. Say amen right there. Bless God, I'll tell you, it's pitiful. Somebody said to me one time, said, what do you think about these Christmas trees? Well, I said, I don't think much about them. But most of these fellas don't have to put up one. Just stick that Jezebel up in the corner. She'll light up. Amen. That's all. Bless God, you know I'm telling you the truth. But, brother, he found that his wife did not fail him. And Abigail didn't fail him. But she didn't fail him in her life. You'll find the Bible says she had good understanding. I like that. And the Word of God said she is faithful. And that's a wonderful thing. Turn to Proverbs uh, when you get home and read about a faithful woman. Oh, her price is far above rubies. Glory to God, her children shall rise up and call her blessed. And to have a faithful wife and a courageous wife. Oh, to stand with you. Boy, encourage you once in a while. I mean, when the whole world falls in against you. Uh, you know, when I'm a pastor, and I'm glad I'm not a pastor. I, I'm glad I'm an evangelist. Somebody said, well, a clean broom sweeps, a new broom sweeps clean. Yeah, but the older knows where the dirt is. Say amen. Amen. But boy, I used to go home and and you'll do this in your church. I don't care what preacher you are. And you'll do this. But I'd go in my church some Sunday mornings and the choir was as flat as a pancake. And bless God, whoever got up to sing a special song, missed it 40 miles. And then I got up and choked to death, tried to say hell for 30 minutes and couldn't get it out of me. It's so cold. I mean, it was there. And I'd get in the car and start home. i say, well, what in the world was the matter with you? I said, bless God, the same thing's the matter. The rest of y'all came in there today. Cold as a milk. I believe this brother sure as we're here. Oh, what a blessing it is today to say God gave me a help me. I've got somebody that will stand by my side. And what a blessing. 
You know, when God made that first one, he called her three names. Now, I'll not get into Eve's three names, but you listen to me. Oh, he said, maybe I'll help me. And here's a man that never recognized God. Here's a man that went down the road of sin. Here's a man that died in disgrace. But he had a wife that tried to help him. You see how? Well, not only by the way she lived, but she went down, got in front of David. Now, you read this. And she got on her knees and said, don't kill him. Oh, I plead mercy for my husband. And brother, she interceded for her husband. And what a blessing that was to find that wife that stood there. I told you, I think maybe last year, year before last, about a graduation that happened in England over in London several years ago. And 46 young preachers were graduating from the seminar or seminary. And there's a bishop there. And he got up that morning and he said to the young graduates, said, I'm here to sign you some wonderful parishes. And he said, I'll go down alphabetically. And when I call your name, would you stand and arise and I'll appoint you to your appointment. And he said, Alan. And a young man, Alan, stood up. The bishop took off his glasses and said, Alan, I'm glad to appoint you to Edinburgh. And Alan smiled and sat down. Finally, he got down to Booth, the bishop did. And when he got to Booth, he said, William, would you stand? I am glad to say to you, William, your grades were far above average. Your loyalty is wonderful. I appoint you in William. said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And the bishop said, what do you want me to wait a minute? I've got it down here. It's a big high steeple church. You have a great name, William. William said, wait a minute. said, for the last two weeks, I've been going down in the streets of London. I've been picking up the fallen, binding up the broken heart. And said, he said, instead of signing me, Mr. Bishop, to a fine high steeple church, let me go down in the slums and tell them about Jesus. Assign me to the sidewalks. And that bishop became perturbed and said, Sit William, you're not going to disgrace the church of England and go to those dogs and, and that trash out there in, in the ghettos. And boy, the women had to sit in the balcony in those days. And, and there's a little skinny woman sitting up there. And finally the bishop said, Now, William, you get back up. Don't you open your mouth. I'm going to assign you to a great church. And when the bishop looked down and said, William Booth, I'll assign you, his wife leaned over the banners of heaven, or the banners of that church, and said, William! Pay no attention to that bishop. Get your Bible. Bless God, I'll go with you. And we'll go and tell the story of the Lord Jesus Christ. There were 45 preachers assigned to great churches, but I can't find in any, any book or any encyclopedia whatever happened to those 45. But old William and Catherine went down to the streets. And I want to tell you, when he was lying corpse, 15,000 ex-cons and do and drunks walked by his coffin and said he came to me with a message of the saving grace of God. I want to tell you that little old Catherine, a disease. 
raised and helpless most of her life. Stood and held up William's hands. I thank God when you talk about Nabal. Oh, he had a wife that was true. Now let's come to the 14. His wayward living made a fool out of him. Now, let me give you something before I get to that fourth point tonight quickly. Uh, this word Abigail. You know what the word Abigail means? It means the Father's gift. And oh, I'm so glad that the Father in heaven gave him a great gift. Oh, it's good to have a wife that's a gift from the Father. And Abigail means the Father's gift. But let me come to this fourth point. And I'm going to give you the name of Nabal to show you what his name meant. But the wayward sin and the wayward life of Nabal made a fool out of him. You say, made a fool out of him? Yes, because the word Nabal, if you look it up, means a foolish man or living like a fool. And brother, there are a lot of foolish people tonight in the city of Chattanooga and in this community. Oh, you say, why? There were three nevers that you'll find in the 37 verses about Nabal. First, he never recognized God. Man's a fool and doesn't recognize God. Oh, the Bible said the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. I want you to know he is real. I want you to know tonight I know him. And he knows me, praise God. He made me. He saved me. He sent me out with the message of God. And brother, I know that God is real. They waited too late to tell me there ain't nothing to it. Say amen. They waited too late to tell me, bless God, that God is not. Bro, I know He is. He's as real as the fingers on my hands, as the earth I breathe. Oh, when a man would say, I don't believe. Let me show you something. If I told this over at Ron Hill, I don't think I might have told you this year last year. I, no, I don't, I don't think I did, or maybe I did. Did I tell you about my watch? Tell you about my watch last year? All right, this is a Timex. That is nice. I mean nice. But I remember I had one last year about this time. I bought it down at Ridgeway's. And if I'm not mistaken, it was on sale for $10.20. And I bought it Ridgeway's. And I went up to preach. That's been come to the jail up in Ethelon where I was last week. And to preach a year ago. And I went up there and I got to preach and got talking about God's gift that we're saved. Not we're saved of grace, and we're not a saved of works. That's any man should boast. It's the gift of God. Then I took off that little ten dollar and twenty cent watch I had. I bought from Richways, and I said, anybody here believe if I give you this, it'd be a gift. And one old black fellow's the only one just tuned in. He's plugged into two hundred and twenty. Glory to God! I tell you something. He's sitting back in the back. He raised that hand. The tears coming down his cheeks. He said, Lord, I believe it. Oh, I believe that. Gift. I said, do you? I said, bless God, this is Saturday morning. Here, you take this. It's a gift from me. And I threw that $10.20 watch to him. The rest of the prisoners looked. And they wondered if I'd go after the service and take it back. But they saw me leave and go down the steps from the chapel in the jail. I got down, and that night, it's Saturday night, and I preached, and I told the little story. And the next day, Sunday afternoon, I was closing out in Ethelon, Ethelon Baptist Church in Ethelon, North Carolina. And a young boy... 
not a young boy, a 30-something-year-old boy. I'd known a long time. He's a dope addict and alcoholic. He's in the AAA. He walked down and he said, Brother Mays, I've got a brand new Timex here. Oh, he said, I want to give it to you. I don't want you to go back to Atlanta without a watch. And he said, I'll ask you to do Pray for me. Pray for me. Bless God, I took this Timex here. I put it on, went out to the airport in Greensboro, got on that old airplane. I said, Lord, I gave a $10 and 20 cent watch away. You gave me an $18 Timex. Glory to God. And I said, hallelujah. And I went down to Florida the second week in January. And I was preaching down in Florida and told that. And a man came up to me. And I'd never heard of the Rolex watch. I'd never heard of a Rolex. And a man came up to me and said, would you swap your Timex for my Rolex? I said, no, sir, brother. I wouldn't swap my Timex for all the Bullivers and the Walthams and all this. And I said, I want you to know, mister, this is a gift. And I wouldn't swap it. He said, but you don't know how much this Rolex costs. I said, I don't care how much the backslidden thing costs. I wouldn't trade it. I said, bless God, I wouldn't trade it. You know what that man down in Florida did? He said, my watch costs $3,900. I'm going to give it to you. Take it back to Atlanta, Georgia. You know what? I got a Timex and a Rolex. Say amen now. Praise God, you say, Brother Mays. Let me tell you something. I know that there's a God tonight. And a man that says there's no God, he's a fool, mister. A man that doesn't recognize God, he's a fool. Look at this watch. You mean to say that this doesn't have a watchmaker? That that thing just fell together and that's just happened to fall in place? And in a few million years, it just happened to have glass on the front of it and on the back? Why, you say that's a man's a fool to think that? Why, when you look at this great universe and see the beauty of all of it, do you think it just fell in place? Oh, when God stood on nothing, I'm glad he reached out and said, let there be. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth and all that's made was made by him. But Nabal never recognized God. Secondly, he never feared Jesus. If you know, my Bible said two things here. He said, first, he was evil in his doings. I mean, everything he did was evil. He will continue it. And that's why God destroyed that crowd over there to flood. And he will continually. And that's what's going to happen to this generation, brother. If he will continually. Second thing about it, he said he drank till he was drunk. I mean, he drank. His wife said, no, he's talking to him now. Oh, the waywardness of sin. Oh, what a sad thing it is. He never Feared sin tonight. I don't care whether you're a preacher or a deacon or whoever you may be. You better not funnel and play with sin. It'll get you, mister. Lady, it'll destroy you, sin. It'll destroy your home. And boy, I'm sorry for people who have their home destroyed by sin. It'll destroy your daughter. It'll destroy your son. It'll destroy your life. Sin. Listen, you'd better fear sin. And then the third thing, never recognized God. He never feared sin. And he never found time to make preparations to die. I want to tell you something, bless God, you better know that you're ready. I'm not, 
I'm not in a hurry to get there. But bless God, I'm ready. Hallelujah. I won't have to go back to Atlanta and pack a thing. If God calls me tonight, praise the Lord, I'm ready. The Bible said, be also ready. And Nabal was not ready, mister. He never was ready. He never made any preparations. Bible says, Nabal, it means foolish man. Luke chapter 12 said there's a fool. Like Nabal, he never made no preparations. I wonder. He had barns, and he built bigger barns, he said. Oh, he said, soul, soul, take thine ease and eat and drink and be merry. Tomorrow you may die. But I'm not going to think about that. Mister, you know what he was thinking about, that fool? He was thinking about today and the pleasure that he could have today. And he made no preparation because midnight, at night at midnight, a voice came out of eternity and said, Thou fool! This night thy soul be required of thee. And then whose these things be? All these barns, what do you mean? Oh, he never made preparations to die. And boy, I want to tell you the sweetest things in the world. Have you heard me preach this week on Enoch? I want to show you something real quickly. I mentioned the first day, I think maybe the second day, I'm not sure. The Bible said there are two, there are two genealogies in Genesis 4, Genesis 5. One were blood deniers, and the others were blood believers, says. And then you'll find that the Canaanites, they, they, they didn't believe. Boy, let me show you something about the Canaanites. Did you know two words it leaves out of that genealogy that he puts in chapter 5 that he didn't put in there with the unbelievers? The believers, the, the descendants of Seth, it puts two things that it didn't place back there, the Canaanites. You know what he said? They lived. Did you know in chapter, you don't say one word about them living. And brother, I want to tell you, if you shut God out of your life, you've never lived. Oh, my Bible said this is the record that God had given us eternal life. And this life is in His Son, the Lord Jesus. And he that hath the Son hath the life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. And so it says in chapter 5 of said. They live. And then he says something in chapter 5. It didn't say in chapter 4. It said they died. They used to worry me. I said, God, it didn't say that after they died. You know why? God didn't put a thing enough in there of them to put in there that died. But he told them about the Sethites. You know why they're dying? Because the Bible said, you know what he says? It said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saint. Oh, you say, it's not a bad thing. Bless God, if you're saved, when you come down to press the dying pillar, I'm glad you can look across the river and there'll be a smile from glory. For precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saved. Brother, he never made it pronounced. His waywardness made a fool out of him. Last, his wages brought death. Now, I want to tell you, the Bible says in Romans 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death. But I'm glad he didn't stop there. I'm glad he said, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I used to be an old boy. I used to live to YMCA before I married. I pastored a full-time church. And I lived to YMCA. And we let the, our parsonage, let a widow lady have it. I didn't need it. And, uh, but I remember I had an old boy ran the elevator down there. I stayed up on about the sixth floor. Old boy ran the elevator And boy, he's one of them unbelievers. He hated God. And the Lord gave me something, and I thought, well, bless God, if that's the way you want me to do it, I'll do it. I'd get on the elevator, start down. 
And he'd say, good morning, Robert. I'd say, the wages of sin is death. That's all I'd say. He, he, boy, he'd look at me. <laughs> he didn't believe it. He didn't believe the Bible. Told me he didn't. Said, I don't believe there's a God. I, so every morning I'd get on that elevator and start, start down, had a little black elevator. He'd say, good morning, Reverend. I'd say, the wages of sin is death. One morning I'd gone on after several weeks, and there's a smile on his face. And he said, good morning, Brother Mason. <laughs> and I said, the wages of sin is death. He said, yes, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Wow, he found it out. He'd been saved and he knew the other part. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Not a blessing. God, what a blessing. Now look at something about Nabal. Verse 37. You don't have to look at it. You can look at it and you get home. But listen to what. Two things happened in that chapter. said, first of all, his heart died within him. Oh, his heart died within him. That's a sad thing. My heart paneth after the Lord tonight. I'm glad my heart's beating. Glory to God. Oh, thank God. But the Bible said his heart died. Second thing the Bible said. Start turning to stone. I, I, knew, I knew a preacher, and I've seen him years. I called his name. Most of you have heard of him. In fact, he'd been here in Chattanooga meeting. He told me to touch him. He said, I'm turning to stone. He said, I'm turning to stone, Brother Mays. He said, I'm petrified. I'm turning to rock. He said, I'm turning to stone. And I took his, he's a nice looking preacher, and he wanted me to touch him. And I was standing up at old Arthur Blackman's church before Arthur died. This preacher preached, I preached a bunch of preachers that morning. And I never will forget that song leader sang. And then he got to singing about, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Fire to shelter in the time of storm. And that preacher behind me said, I'm turning to a rock, but I'm standing on the rock. Glory to God, that blessed me. Because the Bible said about Nabal, it said his heart died. And then the second thing it says, and he turned to stone. It's a stone. Oh, he turned. It's a stone. But he didn't die. The next verse said, for ten days. For ten days, his heart was dead. Ten days, he turned to stone. And after ten days, read when you get home. After ten days, God reached down and smote him. And when God smote him, it says, and he died. He died. Say, preacher, he got his wages. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord Nabal, his heart died. I believe there's plenty of people, as far as God's concerned, their heart's dead. Oh, they don't know God. I'm glad he's in my heart. Thank God I'm glad he lives in my heart. Oh, what a blessing it is to know that. One day this old flesh won't turn to stone. He'll turn back to corruption if, if the Lord doesn't soon come in the rapture. But I'm glad, glory to God. After I've been there a little while, this body, my soul will be with the Lord and my spirit will be with God. Well, it's going to be reunited. Glory to God. Corruption's got to put on him corruption. Mortal, it's got to put on immortality. We're going to rise to meet the Lord in here. Now watch this. I want to show you something. Abel 
didn't have a soul in these ten days to come by and befriend him. I mean, boy, wouldn't you hate to be dying and nobody come by? I want to tell you something. If I never appreciate Chattanooga, Tennessee, I'll tell you about those days I really appreciate it. My, they called, they brought flowers. Tennessee Temple over yonder called every iron on the iron to find out how I was so they could pray. Preachers I didn't even know, never been around them. I mean preachers, and not even in my class, and I don't try to get out of my class. I know my crowd, bless God, and I hang around my crowd. Now you say, well, I want to get up there. You go ahead. I'm happy where I am. I'm shouting it out. Oh, yes, but my wife will tell you, they'd come by. They'd come by. They'd, they'd ask, how's maze? When you're dying, folks, it's good to have somebody come by and lift your head up. Whisper, he's still real. Oh, but Nabal didn't have anybody, not one servant, not one friend to come by and lift him up. See, your heart's dead. You're turning to stone. And you're dying. And God's going to kill you, Nabal. Not one. Not one came by. He died alone. He died without God. And God smote him. What an awful thing it is to think that God smote him. And he went to hell. He was around David, but he didn't know him. He had a good wife, but he didn't believe in her God. Oh, he had everything to be prosperous, but he had no time for eternal things. God smote him, and God sit down. God smote him. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.